0: podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting i'm your host calvin and there's no one joining me right now i'm just sitting here by myself uh this is actually a bonus episode uh we are still on hiatus for another two weeks ish yeah two weeks two weeks exactly um but we are planning a lot of things we're doing a lot of things there's a lot of great stuff over on patreon which is what i'm here to talk about today is we are We put this together as a little bonus halfway through our hiatus uh, just to give the listeners something to keep track of, and this is just kind of an amalgamation of what's been going on on our Patreon page. For those of you who aren't subscribed, maybe give you a little uh, peek into what's going on over there and convert listeners into Patreon subscribers. So that's what we're hoping for. Um, Everything you hear today, uh, we've got four different episodes we've got two pilot projections and two random reviews Uh, pilot projections are where we watch the pilot episode of a show and we review it and say what we think about the show going forward how we think it's going to turn out things like that and then uh the random reviews are we pick a movie completely at random every month and we review it and the way we pick the random movies is uh, basically we have a list of every movie that had a wide release between 1975 and 2015, and if it has a score above 4.0, I want to say on, uh, we explain the rules, you know, in within these episodes, so you'll be able to hear it there. But uh, if it has a score above 4.0 on IMDb, then uh, it it goes in the list. Anything lower than that, we didn't we didn't want to sit through quite that trashy movies um and so what we did is we just do we in the the month that we're recording we sort them by release month so whatever was released in that month we have them all numbered and we run a random number generator and whatever one the random number generator comes up with that's the one we pick we watch it we review it uh some choices have been good some choices have been not good and uh it's just fun to kind of watch different movies and see what's out there another little twist to that is uh, if the movies were over two and a half hours long we didn't include them in the list because again if the movie's complete trash we're not going to sit there and watch it for two and a half hours so we got two random reviews two pilot projections um, all the random reviews pilot projections can't miss nfl picks uh, when game of thrones was on we did a weekly rundown of the last season of game of thrones which is available there all of those are available at the one dollar tier and uh, basically that's your bonus content tier Uh, you get a shout out on the regular show here and then you also get all this bonus content and we send you a a podcast about something sticker which is cool uh at the three dollar tier that's the anythings you receive everything from the somethings the first tier the one dollar tier plus we're going to send you a podcast about something t-shirt boom and then the everythings is our eight dollar tier that's our final tier Uh, They get basically all the other stuff, plus you get a chance to be a guest on a podcast about something to discuss whatever you feel like discussing. It's your choice. You pick the topic. As you know, pending a slight approval, there are some things we're not going to touch, but uh, basically, you pick the topic and uh, we will build an outline for it and we'll discuss it. So, those are our tiers $1, $3, $8. Head over to Patreon, sign up for that now. We also have merch on our merch store. The merch store is tpublic.com APA something. You can find a couple different designs for t-shirts, hoodies, uh, mugs, notebooks, pretty much anything. Uh, they, they'll put our logo on it and um, send it to you. Uh, really good deals over there usually, and the shirts are high quality, uh, very soft, very comfortable. I've got a hoodie that I haven't gotten to wear yet because it's too hot in Florida. But that's okay. Um, I'll wear it you know, for the the month and a half that it's cold here, and I'll probably wear it as much as humanly possible. So take a listen to what's been going on over on Patreon. Again, these are two pilot projections, two random reviews. All of the uh, musical cues are still going to be interlaced in them. I'm not taking the time to take all that out. This is basically uh, back-to-back-to-back-to-back what you would hear – on patreon if you're a subscriber so when you're done listening to these if you like what you hear head over to our patreon and subscribe uh thank you for listening and stay close Welcome to a podcast about things Patreon exclusive. Pilot Projections! We watch the pilot episode of a TV show and make some predictions. I said baby, I don't hate
1: you, but I hate
0: to see you Alright, welcome to our first episode of Pilot Projections, where we're going to... Basically, we watch the pilot episode of a show, and we're going to break it down. See what we think of how the show is going to do going forward.
1: Absolutely. We, uh... You know, usually a lot of these pilots will probably be more popular shows that you may not have gotten around to yet, so we're going to give you our opinion and see if it's even worth continuing with after the pilot. Yeah, and they're going to be
0: old shows, they're going to be new shows, we're going to just mix in everything we can and uh, see where it goes.
1: Yeah, because you never know when you're going to start an awesome series, for example. With the way watching
0: television is now, you can literally jump on anything at any time.
1: Anytime, anywhere, and I mean, there's still people just getting into Game of Thrones, so... You know, they need to know, should I keep up or not?
0: Exactly. <laughs> so today we are talking about Umbrella Academy from Netflix.
1: Yes, sir. This has been, I've heard about it everywhere. Um, people are talking about it like crazy. It's just, yeah. it's become really big overnight. Mostly and I can I see why. why. Yeah, I mean.
0: It's it's a really cool concept. You Quick plot synopsis from the pilot. We've got these, uh, there's six adults coming together who were all adopted uh, by this one man. And basically they have superpowers. Uh, each one has a yep. different power. Uh, he adopted seven of them. One has died. That happens in the first episode. I don't think it's really a spoiler.
1: Yeah, he's uh, one dead.
0: Yeah, we, I, we've we only watched the first episode at this point. So, like, we won't spoil anything for what happens the rest of the season because we don't know. Mm. Um, so we got seven members of the family all have superpowers, uh, Maybe. Uh, And we'll talk about that when we break down the characters a little bit. But uh, basically they they grew up together, trained together, and have since gone their separate ways and reunite because the father who adopted them all died.
1: Exactly. And, I mean, the father who adopted them basically only adopted them because they were part of a group of kids. I want to say it was like 75. 43. Uh, 43. I don't know where I got 75. But 43 kids who were all born on the same day, you know, at the same time, basically, where the mothers – spontaneously combusted a baby boom yeah
0: they they the the line in the show is that they were not pregnant when they woke up that morning and then all of a sudden had a baby
1: yep and it opens with this this curtain obviously not pregnant jumping into a pool and then you see blood everywhere everywhere. everywhere. and then she pops up and she's having a child so it's like oh holy crap it really that was weird i was like
0: i was like what's going on like did she bump her head like that's a lot of blood for Mm -hmm. like first of all she she basically did a cannonball so like it's hard to hit your head doing a cannonball that's a lot of blood to cut your foot or your head, something like that on the pool. Like, uh, I, I didn't know, like I thought maybe this kid that's sitting there with her, maybe he's one of the super, cause I knew it had something to do with like kids who are superheroes. But mm-hmm. I didn't know
1: to what extent. Exactly. Uh, and, and I, I just, I had the rough outline of what I've read on the news, which is it's, it's the new kind of superhero, not your Marvel superhero. And it's definitely not. No. Um, but the way it starts off is just, it's a really exciting premise I and then,
0: yeah, absolutely. And they flash back between when the kids are like 13 to 15 years old and when they're 30. So they go back and forth between like today's day where they're all 30 and then back when they're learning, basically training when they're in their teens.
1: Yeah, when they're a part of the Umbrella Academy, which right. are basically world, worldly known, you know, they fight back us as teenagers with superpowers and a rich benefactor, basically.
0: Yeah, so as we said, there are seven of them, and from what I got, uh, the, the father figure just called them all by their number, but they had since given each other names. Correct. Uh, Luther is number one. He has super strength and maybe like some type of wolf man.
1: Yeah, he's got some hair going on. He's got some hair going I'm curious well, on about his, that. When he's on the
0: moon, um, kind of in his first couple scenes, you see hair rapidly grow on his face, too, at one point.
1: I wonder if it's just maybe his – I don't know. I'm curious about that because he's gigantic as well. Like this dude is huge.
0: Yeah. He's got something weird going on. Uh, you got number two, Diego, who he throws knives.
1: Yeah, and curves him. So if you've ever seen Wanted, it's like that but with knives.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, Then you've got number three is Klaus, and he can talk to the dead.
1: Yes. I I really like the character of Klaus.
0: And then uh, we've got Allison, who – she's number four, and what I got was, like, if she said to somebody, I heard a rumor, and then, like, tells them what that is, it comes true.
1: Yeah, straight mind control.
0: But I think it's kind of like a monkey's paw situation where, like, it comes true, but it doesn't necessarily come true in the way she wants it to. There was something with her marriage that broke up. Like, she said she made a wish, and – uh. Basically she then got divorced and lost custody of her of her child. So I'm thinking like she didn't want to be with her husband, so she kind of made up a rumor that she wasn't with him, but the fallout from that is she also loses
1: her daughter. Yeah. It's she's very tortured and uh mm-hmm. it's it's sad to see, but and she's so, an actress now, yeah. I think. Yeah, she, she she's thirty. It, it says she used her power to become an actress. So she's used her power for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. um whereas a lot of the point of the umbrella academy was to not um right and then you got number five who's who's missing he doesn't have a name yeah, yeah he's we, been
0: missing for the last 16 years so no one knows what's up with
1: number five um he
0: can teleport and time travel yep
1: yeah, and and you yeah. kind of find a little bit more out about him at the end of the episode um, he's got some people chasing after just a few um and they're also fantastic characters love those But uh, and then you got number six, who's Ben, correct? Ben, Ben. He was some
0: type of squid monster.
1: Yeah, he's what I got. You don't see what exactly he is. There are a lot Um, of tentacles flying around. Yeah, comes
0: out drenched in blood, out of his chest. So you
1: don't you don't know what's going on there. Um, but he's dead. Uh, he's the dead one. He died. You don't know why he died or how he died, but he's he's dead. And then He's got, also
0: uh side by side, since Klaus can talk to dead people, he kinda hangs out with Klaus from time to time, I got right. the
1: impression. Yeah, and I think that's something that that they still are close. So in a mm. you know, in a certain way, Ben still exists. You know, he's still yeah, he, a good character.
0: Klaus got to hold on to his brother where no one else did. Yep. And he I think he's going to be a big part, especially if they continue with the flashbacks, like he'll be a big part in the you know the 15 year old time period and then he'll help klaus figure some things out too i think in the 30 year old time period
1: absolutely i mean he's they were close and then you got the outcast of the family number seven vanya who appears to have no powers no power played fantastically by ellen page love ellen she page. does such a good job in this show i mean she's really she brings the big name to that the actors because i don't really you know the cast of the umbrella academy isn't real big name people uh um, no other
0: than her it's
1: I, I haven't heard of any or seen any of them in anything else mary j blige is the oh only mary other j one. blige is so i didn't see her though uh you oh. in the first episode no you don't but she's no. in the show
0: yeah. She was in the credits. I saw her in the credits, but I didn't see her in the show. I think I would have noticed Mary J. Um so yeah, that's all the characters that I I feel like Ellen Page's character Vanya has powers. Like I get a Jean Grey vibe from her. Like she might be the most powerful one we just don't know in what way and and the father figure suppressed that for some reason.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of mystery
0: um surrounding a book that. book about the family um as being because like the uh the father figure presented the umbrella academy kids as th- he only had he only adopted six kids like she didn't exist basically, basically to the outside yeah. world, and then she, she wrote this book kind of dropping the dime on everything the family was up to behind closed doors, so all the other family members kind of have a hard time with her
1: they've they've basically turned on her yeah. and I mean she was ostracized growing up and the, and they established that firmly that she was not part of the team. Um, even though she was born on the same day, by, by every right, she should have powers, but she's Mm -hmm. just a normal person.
0: Yeah. As far as we know, at this point, she's a normal person.
1: I I think there's
0: something going on with
1: her. She's way too broken and way too low to not bounce back. That's kind of the way I looked at it. And I will say this about the show is so far, like when I'm watching the first couple minutes of the show, without knowing Basically anything about it, it has a couple tropes that are easily predictable. But then other times it just completely hits you out of left field. Like the field. Monkey Butler. Yes, like that's it's like you're gonna. I mean, I saw pictures of them, but it's just little things that are yeah really predictable. You know, like you feel easy you feel riding. like the
0: general superhero movie setup like when they say exactly. for the there's the hostage situation at the bank and they all come in and show off their separate powers and it's kind of cool because they're 15 year olds and they're wisecracking like 15 year old they, they, you get a spider-man vibe from exactly them a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're very full of themselves and and kind of talk shit to the bad guys which is cool um i i i also have another feeling vanya may end up as the big bad She may completely turn on them if she does have powers and finds out like she has these powers or maybe accidentally uh, expresses her powers. You know, she can't control them because they've been suppressed for so long and then they've got to somehow stop her. I would kind of like to see that happen.
1: That kind of goes with my predictable ideas because Mm -hmm. they haven't. So far in the first episode, they haven't established anyone who I look at as a big bad. They're the obviously, yeah. you know, thirty-ish. They've defeated all their big villains. There's no. They one have a left. lot of sibling rivalry. But exactly. It's, it
0: seems like it's just kind of sibling
1: rivalry. I mean, they've like, they've overcome every obstacle so far. It's what's the worst one to overcome is the one closest to home. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they grew up with this girl regardless of how much time they spent with her like they still know her they still call her their sister um but i think that i agree with you i think she might possibly be and that would be tight yeah that would be cool
0: um i have i have some questions that i'm gonna need answered absolutely and these are things like if you're gonna watch it these are things to think about first of all are they going to continue the flashbacks not only through this season but throughout the entire series are they going to keep going back and forth kind of like arrow does where they go back and progress in two timelines. I think they probably will.
1: I think they have to.
0: Um, yeah, because they hired cause these child so much...
1: actors and the child actors seem pretty good. Yeah, they're all pretty good. And there's just so much. How do they, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got to tell their story a little bit. And I think doing it through flashbacks lets you dive right into the story and right. you know keeps it kind of vague instead of, you know, the first three episodes are the origin story. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And then we got um kind of going with that. How did Ben die? I think I, we're gonna find really that out in a flashback. That, yep. Yeah. Um. So that I think there's probably gonna be a lot of interesting stuff around that. Did if what did his power get out of control with these tentacles? Like maybe he can't control them. I don't know. Maybe maybe he just got in the way of the wrong bad guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I also have one. Is is what happened to Doctor Hargreaves or Mister Hargreaves, whatever you want to call him? Like I know he's mm-hmm. dead, and that brought them all back to together, but. How? How? Yeah. You know, I want to know how. Uh, how?
0: Yeah. How did? How did he die? And and well, also, what did he put them through as far as training regimen? Like we see one where they're running up the stairs and whoever gets there fastest is the winner. But like that wasn't. That uh, ain't the true. Way, <laughs> yeah, the way Diego talks, it seems like it was a lot more hardcore than that. So oh, I'm yeah. interested to see what kind of training regimen these guys were
1: on. Well, they all have animosity towards their father and mm-hmm. everything. Well, everyone except for Luther does. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's kind of reveres the man, mm-hmm. Um, but every, you know, every interpretation I've gotten from it is that he was a hard cat and just kind of a dick yeah. Um, and none of them really liked him. But
0: And you can was... definitely see that in, in even just this first episode of how he treats uh number seven Vanya because she doesn't have powers.
1: Yeah. I mean, she treats her like shit, man. It's terrible mm-hmm. to see. And you feel for her. Like she, and it really plays well into her older self. Like you see her as this meek, mousy person, and you know why. Yeah, pretty, pretty. Well, early I mean,
0: off. they're they're busting up the bank hostage situation. She goes, "I want to go play with them," and he's like, "No, you can't. You know, you can't do that. You suck." Yeah. Um. Uh, it. What's going on with the mom? Why is she a robot or something?
1: I I called that <laughs> the first second I saw her. I was like, she's a robot. Yeah. Mostly because, you know, it was kind of... just hot. sitting she, there emotionless, and then yeah.
0: when they have the actual, like, spreading of the ashes scene, like, somebody goes, oh, she just seems to be charged.
1: It's... That, that yeah. was one of those predictable
0: moments. Oh, yeah. Um, but but why is she a robot? How, has she always been a robot, or was she a person that, you know, got cybernetically enhanced? You know, there's there's more to her, I think.
1: I just think Mr. Hargreaves wanted a little younger action, stayed young.
0: Could be, could be. Um, and then... Uh, two more what what happens with the other 36 kids from that that were born on that day
1: i want to know so bad like were they villains that they be mm. like what happened to these kids since they didn't get adopted into that's kind of what my thought was of
0: like are these going to be the villains throughout the
1: series that that was my assumption
0: you know it'll you'll kind of have smaller battles leading up to bot. they'll kind of create their own teams sometimes sometimes you'll just have one guy on his own you never know so that that's kind of what i think has happened these people who weren't adopted by him will have manifested their powers on their own and probably done so in a bad way
1: yeah or in a you know in a way that they gain but people lose like allison's did like her power could have been used for terrible shit but luckily she was part of a family whereas a lot of these you know other 36 kids what the hell are they gonna do like more most people wouldn't take powers manifesting too kindly <laughs> they'd be like no. oh shit you just burned my couch or my house down you son of a bitch like yeah i mean we we've all read and seen x-men like th- mm-hmm. that's how it goes well I'm, I'm curious if they'll have like that other set of you know that other roster be kind of like a rotating roster like the avengers do so like you know yeah. maybe the umbrella academy doesn't remain those initial six or seven but it, well, I it think rotates that was out. that was
0: probably his plan was to eventually recruit these other kids that he knows was were born on that day. Mm. And maybe he never got to them. Maybe he did get to them and they came in and went and, you know, maybe they just kind of came and went as they pleased more
1: because they didn't want to put up
0: with his with his training. Yeah, there's there's a lot there to be dug into it that this the show introduces a lot, but not in a way where it's overwhelming and it raises a lot of good questions that will be exciting for them to answer and that they can do. They don't have to do it all in season one.
1: No, definitely. If this could I mean, go
0: five seasons easy and still have a lot of material to go off of. Exactly. On an eight to ten episode run.
1: Well, and I mean the way they're setting it up is they're they're creating a lot of depth, but mm-hmm. it's it's digestible. So, I mean, it's not like they're trying to cram everything. They're letting the story right. evolve and, and, and move forward at its own pace, which is so refreshing. Like, ugh, I love it about this show.
0: And then, my last question is who was tracking number five and why
1: like yeah, who is... sent
0: those people after him and put the tracker in his
1: arm Mike I mean it's got to be some kind of like assassination I, yeah it made me gonna think be the of, most important question of the yeah. the first season I think well, it made me think of uh ready player one like the the what do they call them? the sixers the sixers yeah, it made the me kind of think of that the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it made me kind of think of that like it's you know they're kind of maybe the, the big bad quote unquote, um, not for the whole group, but just for that character.
0: Right. And then, uh, so who do you, who is your favorite character? You know, you've seen a couple episodes. I've only seen the first one who so far, who is your favorite character and why are you interested in learning more about them? Um, honestly, out of the the seven kids,
1: I, I got a pretty personal reason for, for this one. Um, I would my favorite character is the séance uh which is is Klaus Klaus Um before I go forward with that you know I do want to mention the other characters like code names so Luther is oh, Space Boy Oh yeah Luther is Space Boy Don't know what Diego is um who I don't know number 3 Allison's is, the rumor
0: Okay
1: Klaus is the séance and I don't know what the hell Ben was but anyways Klaus is my favorite character because he sees the dead. And, I mean, he could talk to him, which, God, that's got to be horrible. I mean, he's a shitty drug addict. So, like I said, bottom, he's got a lot to rise. Well,
0: and part of that is why
1: he's a drug addict is because it helps him block that out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, for me, I would my, – my little brother died a, a couple years ago, and I would give anything to talk to him. But God, that would suck at times. If you're just, you know, hanging out, taking a shit, and then your little brother pops up and it's like, Oh man, whoa. Yeah. You know, I get high. Especially all the time like the jargon. first time it happens. Oh yeah, I mean, you'd probably poop out everything inside of you, and that'd be <laughs> a little uncomfortable. Don't want to do that. So yeah, he's my my favorite character so far.
0: Uh, I gotta go with number five. Um, just uh, teleporting has always been like one of my favorite superpowers. I love Nightcrawler.
1: Yes. He's um, like a little skinny white boy Nightcrawler, which is yeah, hilarious. And he can,
0: not only can he teleport through space, he can also teleport through time. Uh, so, and he gets stuck in the future and comes back to the past, basically on this day. So he uh, like, that's, that's really cool. I want to know, you know, who's coming after him and why, what did he mm-hmm. learn in the future? All, all these kind of things. He's, he's kind of just this cocky, smart ass kid and like, you know, somebody asked him if he knows how to drive and he goes, I know how to do everything.
1: Like yeah. That. That's a drink and coffee yeah. and shit. It, he's yeah. just he's he's a funny character who I cannot. I, there's got to be a timeline story somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, and then
0: Vanya is going to be really interesting to yes, see absolutely. how her being uh secluded it, and, and her powers being suppressed, how that's going to play out. That'll be super interesting.
1: Yeah. Her animosity will bubble up at some point. I am sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that's you know that's our pilot projections. I, I I think this show can go for a while. It's going to fill Netflix's superhero void now that the Marvel shows are being taken off. Sadly,
1: um, cry.
0: Look, Marvel's got their own streaming thing coming. I, I think they'll find a way to work these guys back into it.
1: I hope so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I check this show out, guys. It's awesome. It's worth your time. Um, that's just based off. Should, the...
0: should we do a rating? Like a one through ten?
1: Shoot. I. I give
0: it a, based on just the pilot. I give it an eight. Like I I'm give, ready to watch more.
1: Yeah, I'll give it an eight point seven. Um, Ooh. you know, a little higher than oh, um, not quite a nine, because there's definitely stuff. The predictability is all I'm citing, but other than that, characters are good, story's good so far. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a subject I find interesting. Let's it has roll. a lot I'm,
0: of places to go. It it mm-hmm. opened up a lot of windows that you want to look through, which I'm is, in is in for important the long in haul. a pilot episode. A lot of pilot episodes can just be like here's nothing
1: exactly because
0: we don't want to piss people off here's nothing
1: and and that's what we're here for to save you from so right. i'd say check it out guys
0: definitely check it out i will be finishing the series once i'm i'm halfway through daredevil season three right now so good arrested development final season end of season five comes out next week so i'll probably do that and then i'll probably finish this up
1: it's worth. I'm. I'm looking forward to it. I basically kind of got to watch it on uh, me and the wife's time.
0: So. Oh, that's rough when you got to save the show.
1: I don't mind. She's. She's into it too. It's. It's yeah. fun to watch with your significant other, man, because you're both just kind of sitting there, mouth wide, like, ooh, this is. Yeah. This is fascinating.
0: Well, it's. It's a good show to talk about. Like the. Mm-hmm. Just watching one episode, I came up with all these talking points that we could do this. So. So yeah.
1: Watch I, the show. I mean, Watch it guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope we uh, convinced you either to or not to watch it. Whatever you, you know, whatever works for you.
0: Thanks for stopping by. The Bible says man
1: without vision shall surely die.
0: Welcome to a podcast about something's Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Once a month we review a random movie released in that month between 1975
1: and 2015 I, said, Baby, I don't hate you but I hate
0: to see you All right, as you heard in the intro, this is a new Patreon exclusive series called Random Reviews <laughs> Basically, uh, well, not basically, what we did is we took every movie, listed on imdb released between 1975 and 2015 we put them all together we sorted them by release date and then split them up by the month that they released in theaters Uh, we filtered out anything with an imdb score lower than 4.0 i want to say
1: 4.0 which is pretty low threshold, but still yeah, it's a very low one. threshold.
0: Yeah, yeah, we don't want to get any one rated. And then um, anything over 150 minutes, I think I tried to filter out there. We, we left in some uh, some longer ones, like things like Lord of the Rings. I would leave in that, you know, ones I wouldn't mind rewatching. But like Case of Benjamin Button, that shit got out right away.
1: Definitely, um, kind of a something you don't want to rewatch. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the same time. Even with cutting stuff out, that file was huge. There was like 7,000 choices or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's
0: there's a lot. So we broke it up by month, and so what we're going to do is each month we're going to pick a number at random and go into that month's spreadsheet and find what number that corresponds with.
1: Which is so, fun as hell.
0: Yeah, that's that's the only way I could think of doing like random movie reviews is you just completely randomize it. Uh, and and the other thing about cutting ones over 150 minutes, I didn't want to get one of those 4.0 movies that's 190 minutes long.
1: Mm-hmm. We'd have been we're 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 choosing that
0: one and then gone, all right, no, we can't do that.
1: I'll give you $5 not to pick that.
0: Yeah. We'd we'd been finding all kinds of ways out of that. Uh, Definitely. So for March, our first movie was the great <laughs> Hellraiser 4 Bloodline.
1: Bloodline. Hellraiser 1996. 4. 1996. What a great year.
0: And uh, at the end of this episode, we'll be picking uh, April's movie at random. So you'll get a no- new one next month. Uh, and it, it's, it's We don't really have a schedule for it. Just whenever we both watch it and feel like recording the episode, we'll record it and that's when it'll go up. But it'll be sometime within the month that that movie released.
1: Yeah, so stick around, guys. It'll be fun.
0: Hellraiser Bloodline. Oh, dude. <laughs> this was a uh, so I haven't seen any of the Hellraiser movies. I knew I knew Pinhead existed. But yes. No idea. At, and like I knew there was like something about a puzzle box. Other than that,
1: I, I had no nothing, idea. Yeah, nothing. I mean, this plot was so confusing. Um. Well, I kind
0: of liked this being the entry point because it was super confusing. But they also tried to explain everything. So I don't think they, they did, did a good job of explaining it, but they tried to explain everything.
1: They did their damnedest to explain yeah. everything, so you would at least minimally understand it. Um, but I mean, I will say, I had a couple favorite parts of that movie. <laughs> um, but it opened with good music. That should, was should pretty we give good. A synopsis. Let's give a synopsis.
0: So basically, we start out in twenty-one twenty-seven, sometime a hundred or so years in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was, but it was in the twenty-one hundreds. And uh, there's some guy on a space. Twenty-one twenty-seven. Twenty-one twenty-seven. That's what it was yeah. nice. He's on a space um, station of some he's sort. On a space station of some sort, and then we flash back to the seventeen hundreds, because I think they say they're in the eighteenth century.
1: Yes, but don't forget, he is a skinhead monk with mm-hmm. a Terminator-like robot.
0: Yeah, he's got so, the robot that's trying to open the puzzle box. Keep
1: that in context. And yep, then, yes, you go way back in time. Go way back.
0: And this is when the puzzle box, the, the pinhead puzzle box, was invented, apparently, was in the 1700s by the toy maker.
1: So, toy maker. Uh,
0: and. Then, for some reason, Adam Scott is there with a weird <laughs> yeah, ponytail that was trying to stop part. him. I love Adam Scott, man. He's I love so funny. Wyatt. I love his his uh, character in Party Down. Are we having fun yet? Like, I love Adam Step Scott. Brothers. He's great in Step Brothers. Uh, he was in Boy Meets
1: World. Love Adam Scott. Really weird to see him in this movie. Super weird because but, everyone has that like English accent and he's yeah. just like, I'm Adam Scott.
0: <laughs> really fits with his career arc in 1996, though, I think. Definitely. Uh, he plays Jacques, a Frenchman. Jacques, who, who speaks perfect English. Yeah, who helps uh, release the demon, the lady demon, Angelique. Who's a hottie. And, and then they, you know, they kill the original toy maker and live, and then we, we revisit them in 1996.
1: Yes. Does that sound right? That sounds about right. And uh, what transpires is very interesting.
0: Yeah, no, take it from there.
1: Basically, the original toy maker's descendants over the years. His
0: bloodline, if you will.
1: Yes, his bloodline, if you will. Um, shout out to whoever came up with that title. <laughs>
0: they use the word bloodline a lot. Have you ever watched yes. uh, CinemaSins videos? Mm-mm. CinemaSins is fantastic. Uh, they do a series of videos called Everything Wrong with dot dot dot, like whatever movie they're doing, and they just nitpick movies.
1: I would have so over much over. fun with that.
0: It's fantastic. It's hilarious. But one of their sins that they – because they do, like, cliches and things like that. So one of their sins that they always do is if somebody says the name of the movie Twelve in times. the movie, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a roll credits scene. You just roll credits, ding. And so, like, they said Bloodline, like, 15 times. So, I like, he would have had a, a field day with this one.
1: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, so his Bloodline is an yeah, architect. Um, yep. Yeah. So yeah, as a bloodline member of the bloodline, um he's, an architect. Bloodline. <laughs> he's basically trying all, to build like a These are all played by the same actor too. Yes, who's not good. Not good. Not I wish good. Wish it would have been Adam all. Scott. Exactly. That would have been way better. And I mean he's this actor like someone slaps him in the face, pauses, and then he's like, Oh no. Ah like he's He goes just, hard
0: in the sex scene though with Angelique. Who wouldn't, buddy? I mean <laughs> She' was looking good. she I was, was hoping we would okay. get that I was hoping we would get that scene, and it it' came. I mean she's a demon, but
1: that's okay. she had a nice wreck so, exactly. so basically the demons are trying to open hell the gate to hell so pinhead can come through and I think start the apocalypse yeah, they want it open per, so the 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 uh the puzzle box
0: could only be open like for a brief time. they want to open it forever. Yes, and he's got like a a hell dog with him.
1: That hellhound was really cool, actually. Yeah, for that uh, you know, it had such a great nineties feel in that sense, and that that hellhound really contributed to that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So he's an architect, and he basically builds a building that would be a permanent puzzle box.
1: Yeah, like refracts light
0: or Mm -hmm. some crazy mirrors
1: and lights. Yeah, they fall into the old trap of trying to science it up too much. Yeah and that did, didn't benefit from that. Like,
0: they could have just shown him building the building and then it, like, doing the puzzle box type stuff. Like, they don't have to explain mirrors and shit.
1: Yeah, it was a long-ass movie, too. It was like an hour and a half. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a very long movie,
1: but it felt really long. Super long, Because man. it was
0: not a good movie.
1: No, it wasn't. It had this, its moments. This moment. is
0: not one that we would have picked if it was over 150 minutes long. That's for damn sure. Hell no. He eventually dies but he had had a son already so the bloodline continued and as he's dying they trap they trap pinhead back in the puzzle box right basically and then we go back to um the space station in 2127 to basically have a 20 minutes of an alien
1: movie yeah dude i didn't Which, understand that well, i was going like, into okay. it, i thought it was
0: going to be an alien movie i was like all right all these cool. all these people are coming at the exactly the space, boarding the space party. force is coming in uh and and pinhead has been released like he got the puzzle box open before space force came in so hellraiser is just going to be going crazy and it's gonna be like doom all- yeah he's gonna pick he's gonna be picking off these people on the space station but that, I mean, it happened. But that, I thought that was going to be the whole movie, and then they went back to the 1700s, and then
1: the 90s, and well, this was just all over the place. It was trippy as all hell, that's for sure. And I mean, it honestly didn't bring the gore like I thought it would. There were some scenes that were just like, Ugh. yeah, not really. But it wasn't crazy violent like Freddy Krueger and you know Jason and Halloween and all no. that stuff. Like it just so the wasn't. worst thing
0: that they 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 turned it kind of like this was almost a predecessor to the saw torture porn like it wasn't it wasn't straight up stabbings and things like that but they took i wasn't i was working while i was watching so i wasn't paying you know 100 percent attention sorry fans uh but like they took these two security guards in the (laughs) 90s and molded their heads together around some cylinder of some sort yeah so, like, and then they, like, peeled the skin off of them. So, like, it was it was more that. It was more, like, CGI shock effects of, like, yeah. how, how can we fuck these people up with CGI?
1: Yeah, and, I mean, like, he used hooks with chains, and they straight up ripped this dude's face off. Yeah. And it was just, like, holy shit. And there's a couple moments like that where you're just, like, oh, my God, like. I'm going to go back to Adam Scott whenever he's playing shock yeah. in the, in like the future. Yeah. <laughs> and I love when yeah, the demon lady, you know, he's talking shit to the demon lady and then she basically comes out of nowhere with these it claws. He says, you know, scratches yeah. his face and then straight up rips his heart out of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of adam scott yeah, it was it was rough for Jacques there for a few minutes well i mean i'm sitting there just my mouth open like oh my god well, i thought
0: adam scott was gonna be in the whole movie i'm say saying. adam scott <laughs> i'm but saying of course I mean, it's 1996 the only thing he had done really before that was griff hawkins and boy meets world so eh, maybe
1: not he, he had to go but yeah. I, I just, I loved, like, the, she's barely scratching him. He's, ah, ah, stop, yeah. oh my god. He was, he was god. overacting a bit. It's so hard, man. And then it, it reminded me of uh, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> just when he rips the dude's heart um, out of yeah, his chest.
0: Yeah. My, my favorite scene of Dumb and Dumber, if you guys have listened to wow. our uh, Jim Carrey movie superlatives, you'll know what we're talking about. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, it, this movie just went in so many crazy directions mm-hmm. that I didn't expect. But kind of in the best way.
1: Yes, and w- which was cool. I mean, it was it was it super sh- over the shook top. Up.
0: Yeah, you didn't have to be fully engaged. And like I said, I was working while it was on. I still feel like I understood the whole movie. Yes, and like I, I caught all the the stuff I was supposed to catch. But like, it was it was entertaining for what it was. I would say
1: definitely. I w- I would never watch it again willingly. Um, but no. I'm glad I did watch it because I mean they honestly, I like the m- opening music. There was times it had that shock factor, not gore wise, but it's just like, you know, what the hell? Space cop adventure, annihilation, apocalypse, what the hell? But it did also have some really good lines. One in particular. Um when Pinhead's talking about what he is and he's basically like on the personification of pain, suffering is the coin of the realm. And it's like damn, <laughs> that dude sounds so nasty right there, but that was the most like intimidating thing ever. I would just smack all those needles out of his face. Like, you like that bitch? Da ta da,
0: da Yeah, and so we forgot the best part. Hit me. The space station is actually a giant puzzle box in space that locks Pinhead in forevermore. Except I think they made a fifth Pinhead movie.
1: Wouldn't be surprised. Um, But yeah, when they hit that, when it all starts folding up, it's like, so that's what that big thing did.
0: So I kind of saw that coming. That was a little bit telegraphed when they were in the the building that 1996 merchant built. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, oh, this space station he's on, like when he's talking about mirrors and when they extra science it up, I was like, oh, that's Space Station. Like, they're definitely using mirrors in the sun to reflect and make the puzzle box there. But then I was like, well, but he was trying to open the puzzle box and release Pinhead. So why did he open the puzzle box if he wants to lock Pinhead in? So it kind of threw me off a little bit, too, because, like, the dude on the Space Station is trying to get Pinhead out for some reason.
1: I think ultimately he's trying to to trap him again. Exactly. Like, I think because the toy box, the original one. Can basically summon him, and anybody can use it by accident. I think his plan was basically to trap him and then destroy the box. So well, right, because pin- yeah, they, you know. they
0: set the self-destruct as he's leaving mm-hmm. in the escape pod. Yeah, and use of course the hologram. they make it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the bootiest 1996 hologram I've ever seen, but. You know, I mean, overall his scheme, I suppose, works. But I why really... couldn't he just
0: leave the original puzzle box on the space, like without opening it, on the space station, and then have the space station also puzzle box and blow up? That'd be too easy.
1: I guess. Too it is easy. A movie. Yeah, I mean, it is Hellraiser four. They had to really bring it this time.
0: That's true. Hellraiser in space. Like
1: you gotta, you gotta have some space Hellraiser going on. You know, you gotta I raise see... hell in space. Dang, hell, hell doesn't. You know, it's not contained the tag to the earth for this movie but I, i'm i'm curious because i wonder if it came out the same year as uh, jason x where he's in no space. jason x was way later i want to say i want to i gotta find out i'm trying to look for the tagline of this
0: movie because if it's not we raise hell in space then uh, what the hell are you doing with your life
1: i am uh, eager to hear that Ooh, tagline gonna... this
0: year the past the present and the future will all meet at the crossroads of hell Nah, mine's better.
1: In space. It's
0: raised some hell in space.
1: And they have great guns there too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, not a lot went into the uh, the CGI work of the uh or the props I guess of the Space Force weapons.
1: No, and I mean their budget had to have been like 12 bucks because they used the same actor through generations like no aging no nothing like oh it's can bloodline no, we'll, it, we'll just make him we'll just
0: make him 30 and and everything and look exactly yeah. the same
1: yeah, exactly that's fine. perfect descendant.
0: obviously everyone looks the same as their grandfather and his grandfather and so forth and so so exactly. this was the budget for this was four million and it made 16 what? million dollars 16
1: Quadruple their million, investment. Dollars. yeah mean, that's pretty solid
0: that's crazy.
1: No wonder they made a fifth one.
0: I guess so. People really like Pinhead. I guess I've uh, I've never seen it before.
1: That was a four million dollar movie for sure. When yeah, yeah think about be. it. Yeah. God, man. Uh, All of it spent on the space toy box. Who listened to that and was just like, "Yeah, I'll give you four million bucks." So you know Hellraiser and how he has this puzzle box.
0: What if we did that but in space? <laughs>
1: Brain. I think, I think in
0: the late 90s, like that, people were signing up for anything if you just told a story and they were like, but in space.
1: Yep. Or, you know, some at the center of the earth in space. You know, Whoa. Cr- I think you just wrote a whole new movie there. You, you got me? You, you feeling me, bro? Just or they're watching. 2001. <sighs> Bring it. Yeah, I actually saw that. Too, which is, I can't believe they had the balls to make that movie in 2001. <laughs> Yeah, I, f- I feel like by
0: 2001 the, but let's do it in space thing was over.
1: Yeah, maybe that's not. why it was so bad. It got it. Got higher rated than this, so I think this was like a solid four.
0: Uh, this was 5.1
1: on IMDb, or it is right what? now. What? was I think on our
0: original list it was 5.5. So like the ratings always change. Hmm.
1: Let me look for it. You know people see. get on there and like this shit is garbage. I hate it. F- oh uh, 5.1. Yeah, 5.1.
0: Huh? Released uh, March 8th, 1996, director Kevin Yeager.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's worth a watch, though. I will say, if you've never seen it, it's one of those where you sit down with your wife with some popcorn, you know, drink a couple beers, and you watch the, you know...
0: Definitely sp- if you're a fan of dumb horror.
1: Space opera. dumb Space
0: horror. opera, yeah. Sp- <laughs> dumb horror in space, like, this is the movie for you. I would give it, like, let's go ahead and give our ratings, I'd give it, like, a 5.8 in in my ratings.
1: I'd give it just a solid 5, just because of the, you know, it did give me some moments where I was like, oh,
0: okay, cool. Well, but But... dude, then they take a third person and meld them with the already two security guards who are molded together over the cylinder between their faces thing.
1: Exactly, that's one of those moments where it's like, what?
0: (laughs) And she's like, we have to complete the circle or some shit like that.
1: They just they they don't even know what the hell they're doing. You know, the actors are like, Really I gotta say this shit? Come on, man. I guess if you're paying me five hundred grand, then I'll do it. But Good job, they, Adam Scott. <laughs> he was so worth it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Honey, honey <laughs> Adam Scott it's been is Wyatt. in this movie. She she didn't believe it, and then I ended yeah. up showing her and she was just like, Oh, Adam Scott. Okay.
0: <laughs> I love Adam Scott. He's great. Not so much in this. Sorry, Adam. I, th- I think he did. I think he did well with what he had to work with. It's, it's a rough I, one.
1: They did their best, so I'm sticking <laughs> with my five. Um, you know, they earned that five.
0: Yeah, they earned every ounce of that five and five point eight. That's right. All right, so that brings us to the time to pick next month's movie. Let's do it. We are in April. We are going to be in April. There are six hundred and eight movies in April that meet our criteria. So we're in Google. We will put in one to six hundred eight and generate number 392 392 what it is scrolling scrolling this is fantastic radio (laughs) barney's version what it is a comedy drama from 2010 7.3 on imdb so it might actually be good it's called
1: barney's what
0: barney's version
1: ah barney's version
0: yep uh directed by richard lewis not sure who that is.
1: That's my cousin.
0: Seven point three on IMDb, you know, can't be, can't be too bad.
1: I think that it might be more enjoyable than Hellraiser, so I'm gotta, super excited. Add
0: it to my Netflix, and uh, we are off with Barney's version. If anybody's seen Barney's version, you know, give us a, give us a quick shout out on Twitter, and uh, let us know what a little bit what to expect. We don't want to know too much.
1: Definitely not. I mean, it's uh, well, 134, 134 minutes, so it's, you know, it's Ooh. a little bit longer, but it's definitely longer than Hellraiser. I'll break that up. I'll have to break that one up. But yeah, either way, if you've seen it, let us know because I'm going to read Rosamund
0: Pike. This might actually be good. Mini that Driver. sounds pretty good. Scott Speedman, Dustin Hoffman.
1: Oh, shit. All right. Game. Yeah. All right. What's good? I
0: Should hope I, you guys enjoyed it. You want me to read the synopsis?
1: I mean, go for it, dude.
0: All right. Uh, Paul Giamatti stars as Barney Panofsky, a Jewish-Canadian television producer who reflects in flashbacks on Three Strange Decades and Three Wives in this adaptation of Mordecai Richler's acclaimed novel. Sounds Ooh. good. Let's it's do on it. Netflix Q. All right. I'm excited for that one. I love Hello, Paul yeah, Giamatti. He's Dustin awesome. Hoffman's good stuff. Rosemary Pike's fine.
1: Mini drivers fine. <laughs> Rosamund Pike's fine.
0: <laughs> no, not fine. Like,
1: like sexy. Like fine. No, I'm like saying okay. fine. Like Mark I was, Addy, I like, I like, I like him. him. He's pretty sweet.
0: You know, King Robert himself.
1: Yeah, he's in so Alaska.
0: Gives you know the you may also likes are Gone Girl, Hostiles, pretty much anything with Rosamund Pike is on there. Uh, I think we're alone now. Never seen that. Sideways is a you might also like. which I've heard that's good. Yeah. All right. That could be good.
1: All I'm right. Up for okay. that. Hell
0: yeah. All right. It's on my Netflix queue. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this Patreon exclusive. Come back for more. We'll be doing this. Uh, we'll be doing random reviews every month. And then we've got other stuff coming too. Uh, Game of Thrones recap show. War get to me coming in April. That's going to be weekly. We'll have more pilot projections, which we already did at umbrella Academy. Uh, We'll probably do some more stuff coming up here soon. Once we figure out more shows that we want to watch. Definitely. So uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, being a patron. And thank you for, uh, for listening.
1: We appreciate it greatly. Tell your friends.
0: Thanks for stopping by. The Bible says,
1: man without vision shall surely
0: die. Welcome to a podcast about something's Patreon, Patreon exclusive.
1: exclusive. A
0: we watch the pilot episode on a TV show and make some predictions. uh we're doing party, pilot projections for a uh, party down great television show
1: fantastic television show
0: We are uh, watching season one episode one the Willow Canyon homeowners annual party
1: yes and what an open it was
0: we got Ron Donald just you know
1: putting it all out there for his his hostess you know he it's weird. His character gets on my nerves, but doesn't get on my. He's he's like that affable douchebag. He's like Andy Dwyer from Parks and Recreation, but not as good.
0: Yeah, I mean he he's he's kind of on that Michael Scott level where like you just want to punch him sometimes, but he he's way he means way better than Michael Scott ever did, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd say so. He's just he's just not as funny though, in my mind. It was just just wasn't as good.
0: No, I mean, I don't think anyone's – there's no way he could be a Michael Scott. But basically, Party Down uh, is a group of caterers who are all – they live in L.A. and they're all kind of aspiring to be something else. And we've got a great cast. you got Ken Marino as the aforementioned Ron Donald, Adam Scott as Henry Pollard, uh, Martin Starr as Roman, I don't know his last name, Lizzie Kaplan as Casey Klein, Ryan Hansen as Kyle, again, don't know his last name, and Jane Lynch as Constance Carmel.
1: Yeah, rock star
0: cast. Yeah, everyone there is just doing it waiting until their big break or fizzling out of what was their big break on their come down now.
1: Yeah, they're like in the midst of, I don't know, they're trying to take off all of them in their own way. And they just, they're having a hard time doing it.
0: Yeah, so you got Ron, uh, Ron Donald, which uh, top-tier name, by the way, for a character. Yeah,
1: Ronald McDonald is the first thing that came to mind. It made <laughs> me think of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep.
0: So Ron is like this overzealous ex-party animal. He's the team leader now, but he used to just like be on one of the teams like all these other guys are. And uh, his aspiration is to open a Supercrackers.
1: Supercrackers. This had me going the whole as soon as he said it, it's like super crackers what
0: <laughs> well i'm wondering i've never watched with like subtitles on but is super spelled s-o-u-p-e-r or yeah. is it s-u-p-e-r because it's it's soup and it's it's soup and salad it's a all-you-can-eat soup and salad place
1: yeah that's his s it's uh. like a subway for you know back in the early 2000s the big franchisees and stuff how it mm-hmm. was the big thing to do it's like that so, yeah, and he yes, wants to team up
0: with the owner of Party Down um to to open the Super Crackers.
1: Before we go any, this is an odd thing to say, but did you know that Paul Rudd had something to do with Party Down? He helped yes. write it. Him th- and uh Fred Savage,
0: and there's a couple other like notable people that have a have a hand in it.
1: Very interesting, I thought. You could really, I don't know. The Paul Rudd doesn't make comedy. any appearances though. Little, no.
0: Well, that's okay. I
1: I like his brand of comedy. It's pretty good.
0: And then we've got Henry Pollard. He's new to the team. Um, he's kind of like this has been actor, hasn't done anything for a while acting wise. Played by Adam Scott. Played by Adam Scott. He's now uh, just like accepted his role in life as the the uh, he's a waiter now or a bartender I guess in this episode. Yeah. But he's like, a bartender he's for party. Perfectly happy working this dead end job. No more acting aspirations. He did what he did in acting, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but now he's just like I'm
1: cool with it. Yeah, he kind of comes across as spent. Well yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm spent. Well, Life fucked me. I'm I'm out.
0: Yep. And then we've got Roman the aspiring hard sci-fi film writer.
1: Uh, he comes off hard in this episode. Like he comes out strong, man.
0: Yeah. Uh Martin Starr always great and everything. He's usually like a smaller part. Uh Silicon Valley he's really had a chance to shine a little bit more. Never but seen everything more. You haven't seen Silicon Valley? Really no, good. Never seen that. He was in Freaks and Geeks. He's been in a few of like the Apatow movies. Like he was in Knocked Up, and you know a couple of those other Seth Rogen vehicles. Oh, he's and he's, he's usually just like a side guy.
1: Exactly. He's never been the star, and I don't think that's his that's his shtick. And he he fits no. perfectly in this little role he plays here as the kind of comes across as a big time nutcase.
0: Oh, absolutely absolutely and then we've got kyle who's kind of a triple threat you know he acts (laughs) he sings he models uh he's he's just in the overall handsome business
1: you know that's that's, this after this first episode he's probably my favorite character so far
0: that's why they call him palisades bro
1: yeah he's just he's the one so far kyle's great uh,
0: kyle so uh, put it all out there i've seen this series many many times there's only 20 episodes uh, but I've been on it since, like, 2009, I want to say. And, yeah, like, I, just, I watch it all the time. It's really good. And Kyle just gets stronger and stronger.
1: And, and, you know, I've never noticed Ryan Hansen in anything else.
0: He's been in a few things, and but every time I see him, we're just, I'm just like, that's Kyle.
1: Yeah, he's he's perfect in this role. Yeah. And he can actually sing a little bit, too. He reminds me of kind of, he reminds me of Jean-Rafio. Also yeah, from Parks and yeah, yeah. Recreation, he sings about dumb shit, but he can still
0: sing a lot of Yeah, he's he, you because know, <laughs> you stay me.' He's got a really rough song uh, in season two that uh, it's it's tough, it's
1: so rough, but it kind
0: it kind of kicks, but it's not a good song. Slapping. Uh, and then we've got Casey Klein, played by Lizzie Kaplan, who's great in pretty much everything. She's a struggling comedian who. She's probably gonna have to move to Vermont with her husband, potential future love interest for Henry here, even though she's married.
1: Yeah. She's uh she's interesting yeah. and obviously very cute. So I think it's it's kind of as soon as I saw her kind of come into the fold, it's like, yep, yeah, yeah, that's gonna if you've ever seen Joe Rogan stand up, he has a special on Netflix and there's a portion that he talks about if there's one chick in like a work environment and five dudes, everybody will kind of like, you know, morph it and change to try to be that guy that gets to sleep with the chick. So she's got to pick someone. And I feel like as soon as she came on a stage, everybody's going to have at least some kind of thought towards her, like in a sexual manner. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I was really hoping her comedy chops would shine through. And she did for the most oh, part. Oh, yeah, they
0: definitely do. And then we've got Constance, the ex-actor, always, like, or actress. She's always been, like, an extra or a side character. Like, she's never was had any leading roles, but she kind of still thinks she has a shot and has always given Kyle, like, all this great advice about how to be an actor.
1: I think she's, like, one of those people that gives great advice but has a really fucked up life. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. there's always those people out there that are very wise and they can give great advice but they can't apply it to their own lives that's what constance is in my mind yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yes yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah bro yeah bro yeah uh,
0: so <laughs> again each so they work for this catering company and each episode takes place at a different party and uh the different type of party of this one is at like a homeowner's association yearly like they give out goofy awards type party Anybody who's ever lived in a community like that will know what that is.
1: Yeah. I imagine. Dumb. That's it sounds pretty dumb.
0: But it's cool like the show's cool because each episode you go to a different place, you get a different party, you get different people, you get a different setting and a different way for the characters to act because they're in a different setting. And that's really cool because it, it really gets to stretch them.
1: Yeah, I mean they it... It's it's odd. It's just in. It, I don't want to expand past this first episode, which I'm having a hard time with. Yeah. Um, especially because later on in the first season, love Adam Scott's character. He he's so fucking funny <laughs> in this show, and it's something where um I feel like this show was slept on a lot, especially by people like me, which I never heard about it until you told me about it. And I talk about it a lot. You Well, I think you talked about <laughs> it like two or three times, and I I just signed up for Hulu again, so I was like, eh, you know, I'll check out Party Down. And it's it reminds me of both Parks and The Office, where the first seasons of both aren't the greatest, or where I'm applying to the first episode of this. It's like, they're not the greatest, but God, they they
0: They rock the it stage up. really well. Yeah. yeah,
1: they do. They do.
0: So we've got new Ron. He, you know, no more party animal. He's telling Henry because he and Henry used to work for Party Animal back in the day before Henry went off to act. He does the worst Yoda impression ever when uh, trying to show him how to slice a lime. Thought it was great. Yeah, perfect. Then fine, perfect Yoda impression. Yeah. Uh, we find out Casey has a very controlling husband who, you know, he want. He's being offered a job in Vermont, and she doesn't want to really go because there's not a lot of comedy chops in Vermont. She wants to stay in L.A. where comedy happens. You know, you get it. So a big That's question sure. comes up early on. They're all prepping for the party. And um, Ron says that he's going to put out the tip jar. Kyle says, why don't we just take the guaranteed 20 bucks?" What would you do in that? Would you want to put out the tip jar? Do you think your skills would, would be enough to get more than
1: $20? Hell no. Yeah, I'd take I, the used guarantee. Be, Cause I used to be a server, each. too. Yeah. yeah, I used to be a server, too, back in the day. And uh, it's not good eating. I can tell you that much no
0: yeah and then we've got uh constance is just like all over the hostess and the kids and just a lot of boundary issues with constance
1: i think there's a lot of boundary issues with everybody in this well, show kyle's got some boundary issues as well they super do every single one of them
0: especially ron oh ron well ron's just trying to get that comic card filled out in a positive way so he's he's trying to go above and beyond but it comes off uh like a boundary issue really
1: it comes off as do you better back the fuck up before you get stuck son
0: so we find out uh, roman's the dj at this party for some why would you pick roman to be the dj
1: he looks like he would be a dj
0: yeah but like you got it's just all these middle-aged families like you're he's got to be the dj at a different type of party like you need somebody a little blander to be the dj here henry would be a good dj at this party i think
1: yeah yeah i'd agree or constance I could see Constance being no. a very bland DJ.
0: No, see, Constance would would turn it up too much. She'd be playing like uh old time rock and roll or something, and just cranking it up to eleven and trying to grind up on the uh the guests. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> okay, that's that's on you. And then so we find out Ron had over the uh over the past weeks, Ron had taken a racial sensitivity seminar. And he has all these missteps throughout the episode. But like he's trying to be not racially. he's like the anti-Michael Scott in this. He's trying not to be racially insensitive and comes off incredibly racially insensitive several times.
1: Yeah, he's ignorant. <laughs> he's just
0: but he, but he has the best intentions. It's not It's not Michael Scott on Diversity Day saying like putting different uh, cultures on people's heads and telling them to act out stereotypes.
1: Yeah, that is true. He's, he's really a nice guy. Like, he just wants to do the best he can, but shite, man. He is. Above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, above and beyond. He's not very good at executing, though. Reminds me of the U.S. government. Boom. Door gets kicked in. (laughs) You just hear over the microphone. Get the fuck off the ground. (laughs) He's got a gun. Bye, bye, bye. Yep. That'd be the end of old Nick here. Sorry. It's okay. You'll be fine.
0: Uh, and so then we get Henry and the, uh, the hostess's husband talking a little bit, and Roman comes up and and gives this line to Henry ordinary fucking people from the movie Repo Man. Have you ever seen the movie Repo Man? Uh, I've, it's got Emilio feel- Estevez and a couple other people.
1: I feel like I've read about mid-80s. it, and it's super violent, is what I remember reading about it.
0: It's not good. So I went and watched Repo Man just on Roman's, uh, just, just because Roman talked about it in this movie, pretty much. Or in this show. <laughs> so, based solely on this, I knew nothing else about it. I was like, eh, I might as well watch it. It wasn't... I, I, it, it was fine, but like, it's not a very good movie. Was it super violent? I think you're thinking of Repo Men with Jude Law. Which came out great. more recently. Uh, Repo Man is Emilio Estevez in the 80s. And it's completely different. I don't think it's very violent. Hmm. But yeah. I have not seen Repo Man. But I have I seen Repo Man.
1: Not seen either.
0: Yeah. That is... I don't think you're missing much.
1: Let's just change one word. Reboot this shit.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was supposed to be a reboot. But maybe. Who knows? In this climate, anything could be. The
1: shared universe of Repo Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Adam Scott is just like the perfect... Like, just his willingness to give up on life. Like you said, he's perfect in this role... And, like, you see it in his conversations with Kyle. Like, he's talking about, you know, how he used to be an actor, but, like, he hasn't been in anything lately. And Kyle goes, oh, what are you doing now? And Henry's like, bartending? And Kyle's like, where? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> here. That's kind
1: of how he comes <laughs> he, across.
0: He, he gives like a... that look, and he's just like, here. You, and it's it, it, it a clear look of, here, you fucking moron.
1: Yeah, you fucking idiot. Come but on, he, like, baby.
0: holds himself back.
1: Which is, he's very restrained. Comes across as very restrained, but that kind of explosive volcano temper in his head. I could see yeah. it. I could see it. Uh, I could see him going bananas at one point.
0: Yeah, definitely. And just in this show, every character feels so perfect. Like yeah. Every I mean, actor and every character is just captured so perfectly of what they're supposed to be and how they are. Like Kyle just has this youthful exuberance about everything he does. And he knows he's just going to make it someday, whether it be acting, modeling, or or in his band, you know, whatever. He's just so excited. And, and Roman, like, kind of bullies him a little bit. And, and they Kyle and Roman are great because they kind of make fun of each other the whole time. There's a nice little feud brewing yeah, there. Because Roman thinks he's so smart. And, like, because he's so smart, he's automatically gonna going to make it as well. But Kyle is on the other end of the spectrum where he's dumb, but he's good looking. So he thinks he's going to make it. And then you got constants there, kind of egging everyone on. It It's fantastic. It is fantastic.
1: It it just feels so natural for every single one of them. Not a single character is just like, yeah, I don't really like that character. You see that everywhere. And through this first episode, man, every single one of them is like, yeah, I like this character. They're yeah, interesting. Every,
0: and every actor does a spot on representation of what they're supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They do a great job. Ow, dude. Sorry, I'm a to I'm sorry. Bit the shit out of me.
0: And we finally get the reveal that Henry is that guy, that, that guy, guy from that beer commercial. You, you want to do the line? I don't want to do the line because I will butcher it. It's so. Are we having fun yet? Are we
1: having fun yet? <laughs>
0: and he's just so dejected, like that—that's what he's known for. It, like, but he's trying to get the same like enunciation and everything from what the commercial would have been, and like, are we having fun
1: yet? And, yeah he does a good job
0: but like you can see that it makes him dead inside as he says it every time oh absolutely and it's such a great like the the writers of this show did such a great job of making it like this thing like it's such a great thing to be remembered for is this one stupid line but like i also if you're henry i also get why like you would not want to be that
1: that's the thing you're remembered for hell no man that would suck it's a pretty empty existence you remember for one line, and that's all people will remember you for, because it was somewhat memorable in the past, you know what I mean? Right,
0: it's like if the Budweiser frogs were Budweiser people, like, that would be the only thing they'd ever be known for.
1: Yeah. They'd be like, look at those
0: Budweiser frog people. Well, I'm, they're not frog people. We're not on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yet. This isn't the frog people. There's no frogs in that, bro. You sure about
1: that? No. I'm sure there has been a frog once or twice.
0: Oh, there's some frogs. Stay tuned uh, if you're listening to this Patreon episode. There will be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles regular episode coming sometime. And so we get uh, the end of the party kind of culminates with there's a couple things going on. Casey's husband storms in because she's not allowed to talk to him on the phone while she's there. And he storms in looking for her, pushes Henry in the pool like because Henry tries to stop him. And then the host of the party jumps in the pool naked and his wife tells him that nobody wants to see his dick. Uh, Kyle's <laughs> Kyle's making a move on the host's daughter and Ron is in the bathroom in a bad looking situation. It looks like he's he's doing something that he should not be doing while watching Kyle and this young girl.
1: Yeah, full blown he's But really like he's uh... just
0: using a stick to rub one off his pants.
1: Yeah, he's also rubbing one off his stick.
0: Yeah. That's a stain stick and he's it's got a stain on his pants everyone. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what you guys are thinking. Yeah, you guys are perverts. Yeah. And I that's, wait, I mean, that's the episode. The party kind of ends. They they don't get their they don't get uh they get fourteen dollars each in tips instead of the guaranteed twenty because they put up tip jar. And um, that's you know that's your episode.
1: Yep. I mean, it's a great show, man. I love it. After the first episode, I was pretty pretty hooked. To tell you yeah. the truth, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. It's
0: only two seasons, and it, like, it got canceled prematurely. There are some things going on, like uh, Jane Lynch left to be on Glee. Uh, Adam Scott left to be on Parks and Rec, and it's like, I, I don't know that he left to be on Parks and Rec, but I think like this wasn't getting picked up, so he decided to be Parks and Rec instead, because it was right at the same time he started on Parks and Rec right as this kind of ended. But they're 20 episodes, they're 30 minutes, it's really easy to, to digest, it's really, really funny. And you got a ton of guest characters. I wrote some of the uh, the peaks of guest characters that come later. Uh, you get Josh Gad in an episode, J.K. Simmons, Kevin Hart, Rob Cordray, Rick Fox, Kristen Bell's in a couple episodes, Ken Jong's in a couple episodes, uh, Brecken Meyer, Steve Gutenberg, Paul Sheer, McLovin's in there for an episode or two. <laughs> and then the second season, uh, Tammy Two herself, Megan Mullally comes in.
1: Yeah, as a regular replaced, cast member. Uh,
0: yeah, she replaces Jane Lynch. And she's great too. She's like a dance mom type person.
1: She's a Karen. She's a fucking Karen. I guess. You know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know
0: I know all the Karen's. But I I really like this show and I and I picked it up like as it was being cancelled. And I I wish we could have gotten more, but I also don't want to live in a world where Ben Wyatt is not part of Parson Rec. True
1: that, dude. Super true that. And I I really, really like the show. And I, I wish there was more seasons with the original cast, but I think it's one of those flash in the pans. It's mm-hmm. brilliant and then it's gone. And I'm okay with that.
0: And they've they've talked sometimes about doing a movie. Uh Ryan Hansen has a like a YouTube video out there somewhere where they did a like semi-reunion. It's only like seven minutes long or something like that. But it's just it like you said, it was just this flash in the pan. They kind of caught it they caught it when everybody like on the, on the come up they didn't other than jane lynch nobody was really like well known at that time adam no, scott hadn't all... really done anything lizzie Kaplan was in mean girls but not much else uh before that they're kind of um,
1: background characters I've martin Starr,
0: background character and everything he had been in ken marino i think he was on reno 911 but i don't it would have been before this but for the most part just like he, These guys all came together, and I don't think you could put this kind of talent together and keep it going without starting to lose people.
1: That's just kind of how it goes. It's the name of the game.
0: It's it's like the Golden State Warriors, really. They got everybody, they drafted well, got everybody on these rookie deals, but at some point it's got to fall apart.
1: That's how it goes for every sports franchise.
0: Except the Patriots.
1: They just draft incredibly well. They don't, though. Dude, they got a great front office.
0: Yeah, but they don't draft incredibly well. They, they draft late rounds incredibly well. They haven't had a good first-round pick in a long time. I guess Sonny Michel's pretty good.
1: No one's really had that great of a first-round pick in a long time. No, um, well, that's not true. Half the people that out Khalil there.
0: Khalil Mack guy's pretty good.
1: That was like six years ago. Yeah, still pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty fantastic. I've wanted Khalil Mack so bad that draft. you ah, got him eventually. True. That son.
0: Again, really great show. I could not recommend it enough to anyone. Anyone I talk to about TV ever, I say you have to watch Party Down. Um, there's also... Hence me mid- watching Party Down. Yeah. There's also mid-credit scenes. Every time people turn them off, a lot of people miss them because like, you get the credits and then like 30 seconds later, another scene comes up. Did you catch the one on this episode? Did you catch them? I did not.
1: I didn't oh, not realize yeah. there were mid-credit scenes. Yes. Yeah.
0: So now see, now you got a reason to go back and watch again. Oh, like I needed
1: another reason.
0: This, uh, on this episode it is uh, some, one of the women from the party is kind of flirting with Henry as they're pack, as he's packing up the bar and uh, we flash to them in the car and, and she's giving them a handy there and she's like begging him to say his line. And so he <laughs> says it and then everything just stops working. I... <laughs> and she That's goes, awesome. oh, what happened there? So I don't know. And he just like rolls his eyes, like he's like this. This isn't my thing. I, I don't want to be this guy anymore.
1: God, that'd be so embarrassing. Are we, are we, we having fun yet? Uh... <laughs>
0: oh my god.
1: Yeah, they push boundaries here and there. It's a great
0: show. Check it out. Great show. A lot more great stuff coming up past the pilot. I rec- if you watch one, you're gonna watch all twenty
1: yeah there's one episode i don't remember which one is it, it was exactly but look forward to it people because there'll be like that moment for everybody in this series where they just they laugh so hard harder than you have in a while and then you have to rewind it and watch it five or six times mine was when henry was smoking a joint in the bathroom with like at
0: the, the uh, at like the old people party
1: I think so. And and like the just, old people
0: swingers party?
1: Yeah. He's hitting this joint and he like steps back. And he's like, Ed Bagley Jr. in that episode. I'm so fucking high right now. And it was just, <laughs> it was the funniest shit I've ever seen the way he delivers. So yeah. that gives you a good example of like how these guys are so funny. And so well written and so good, as they have these little lines like "I'm so fucking high right now," which you've heard on a million shows. Yeah, it's by just now. a simple
0: line, but just yeah. like the way he deli- like Adam Scott's so good at delivering simple things like that and making them extra funny. It, it's Ben White; he did it all the time.
1: And and that's exactly what this is for every character throughout this throughout this first episode and the entire series.
0: Yeah, check it out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a patron, and thanks for stopping by. <laughs>
1: Bible says man without
0: vision, shall die. Welcome to a podcast about something's Patreon exclusive. Once a month we review a random movie released in that month between 1975 and 2015. I said, I don't hate you, but I hate Alright, so we watched uh, Super 8 for this issue of random reviews. Good movie. Yeah, it is a pretty decent Best movie we've watched so far. I'll give it that.
1: Uh, oh, I don't know. A Force of One was pretty
0: sweet. (laughs) I think, so here's the thing. A Force of One might have been more enjoyable, but definitely not a better movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, because it (laughs) was...
0: It was, uh, A Force of One was just, like, a good romp to sit through, and, like, it it had all these cheesy, funny karate moments, whereas Super Eight is like, a good movie, but... I was a little bored. Like, this was probably the third time I'd seen it, and I was a little bored.
1: I was also... I think it's a frame of mind type thing. Like, yeah. I know it was directed by J.J. Abrams. He a lot of does, lens flare. A lot of classic yeah, lens flare God. in this one. He. Uh, so now I've, I've kind of started to tune him out, even though he's done some good stuff. Like, I do like his Star Wars movies. I think they're the best... I like movie, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's but
0: Got another one better soon, of the though.
1: two. Um, and I'm glad they gave it back to him, but after Transformers and stuff like that, his little classic film tropes that you notice start to irk me. <laughs>
0: Transformers? He didn't do Transformers.
1: Oh, I'm talking to Michael Bay. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, he did Lost and Star Trek. That's, that's if you put those together, you probably get Transformers.
1: Star Trek got on my nerves a little bit.
0: I really liked the first. Like I was never a Star Trek guy, and I really liked the first one. And I, yes. I I don't know that I'd seen any of the old movies. I'd never watched any of the TV shows, but like it looked cool. I like Chris Pine, you know. I was like, all right, you know, I'll check it out. I like Zachary Quinto at the time because he was coming off Heroes, so I was like, I'll check it out. You know, it's, it's a thing that I should know about. And I, I really liked that. The second one was fine, and then the third one was like, it wasn't bad. I just like, I didn't, I, I wouldn't care if the universe kept going anymore. <laughs>
1: I, I, the first one was good. I do remember watching that. The other two, I honestly I can't say I've ever watched. Just too bad. No. And and that's kind of how I feel about uh well that's how I will f- feel about this movie going forward. I mean, it yeah, was a I good, don't know it's that I want to revisit it anymore. Like yeah. maybe when
0: my kids are a little bit older, like it would be a fun one to watch with them. But like you give me a movie where the kids are the ones figuring it out, like that that's always a draw for me because kids just have this ignorant exuberance going into it like they never like adults if they're trying to, to solve a problem they always see all the things that can go wrong where kids are like nah this is gonna fucking work Whatever
1: oh yeah I just, oh definitely Let's we'll just make these little grappling hooks out of code hangers and l- let's do it yeah like, so it, like
0: people, that's what i like about these type of movies
1: well it gives me that goonies type feel like it gets oh. it gets me in that little mood you know what i mean i don't it's like almost, the um what's that
0: I don't like the Goonies.
1: I don't either, but it's a good
0: We're too fun for. time
1: story. I like it. I always like the saying, "Goonies never say die." Yeah, that's. And it. I I did say that with my friends, like a loser. So <laughs> ha, jokes on you, buddy. But uh, it, it kind of reminds me of it in the sense mm-hmm. that it's like this group of friends discovering a supernatural entity,
0: right? Um, and having and them being the ones to have to deal with it, not you know searching out adults to yeah solve the problem.
1: Well, and it, it's just It's honestly, it's almost like a proto Stranger Things. I, I
0: mean, mean without yeah, you've the got, tele-
1: telekinetic deal.
0: You've got a little bit of Stranger Things, a little bit ET, Goonies, like you said, a little bit of Cloverfield. Like, there's. I do you like that movie? There's a lot of different things going into this that I mean, it, it it's good for it.
1: Yeah, and if you little you guys Godzilla, were
0: kind of Red Dawn with the the military cover up, like there's a lot in there
1: there it, there's a lot to uh process in this movie mm-hmm. and basically some kids are trying to make a movie um for school i want to say or like a a contest type
0: uh yeah deal. some contests. they're they're trying to make a movie uh they're using super 8 film which is the name why the name of the movie so cheeky yeah uh but I, their movie was pretty good they show it all at the end and i it was solid for like a 12 13 year olds making a movie
1: i mean give those guys a contract they need to direct the next DC movie. It <laughs> couldn't.
0: They couldn't be worse than what we've got.
1: I uh, don't think so. I, honestly, I'd like to see that. It might be half decent, cheesy as all hell, but yeah, we'll see.
0: So one of the one of the kids, uh, the main character, his mom dies uh, in some accident at the factory that she works at, and like in these these movies, this is an old movie, but movies that take place, I don't know, before 1990. And even even some that take place in the night, like dads are just completely useless when it comes to their kids.
1: No shit, man. And that was a bad trope.
0: Like all of the all of the people at the funeral are like, oh man, I don't know how uh, Kyle Chandler, whatever his character's name is. I don't like Kyle Chandler by the way. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a Friday Night Lights guy. I've never watched Friday Night Lights, so like I don't give him all this credit that everyone else does because he always plays like a dick bag in everything else he's ever done. So anyway, a
1: dick bag. Dick yeah, bag.
0: Ev- everyone's just like, oh, I don't. He's not going to be able to handle it, and everybody's, like, oh, he'll, he'll manage, he'll figure it out. And I'm like, what? He, he's lived with this kid for 12 years. He doesn't know anything about him, and clearly yeah, no, he sh- doesn't.
1: He's, I mean, yeah.
0: He, we get the, the first scene between the two of them. He's trying to talk him into going to like some sports camp or something. The kid doesn't give a shit. He wants to, you know, make movies with his friends. And like, that's the other trope is like, dad doesn't understand what his kid wants to do. Like, and honestly, as a dad, it's not that hard to be interested in what your kids are doing
1: hell no, man, it's your kid. Like, my kid's yeah. not even two months old yet, and I'm just in awe of everything she does. It's like, yeah. oh my god, look at you. Like, That's I have two little girls.
0: My four-year-old is into Barbies and princesses and fairies and things like that, just things that were never on my radar as a kid or as an adult, and, like, it's really not that hard to go, oh, you're watching Barbie? That's cool, let me see. Oh, Barbie's doing this today. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's... not that big a deal. Like, it, I so I never got, like, this trope of, like, the dad's into sports, but the kid's into this nerdy thing. So the dad just can't figure out what the kid's going through. It's like, well, maybe if you fucking talk to him,
1: what, what's talk terrible, to your kids, though, people. Exactly. And that's what I hate about it is I know several people like that that's happened to. And they have these horrible relationships with their parents because they can't fucking discuss anything. Because their parents are mm-hmm. just numb to them. I luckily, my father is awesome in the, that regard. But it's, I mean, it's definitely a real trope, and I think that's what's so annoying about it.
0: Is that, yeah, it actually happens in life, and that there are people like that.
1: Exactly, and I'm sitting, you know, as a third-party observer, and you look back, it's just like, Jesus, just make the kid a sandwich, and let him go make movies. Uh, And ride his rain, cool. Yeah. Making movies, great. You don't have to watch them, just tell them they're cool. Or do
0: watch them, and maybe you'll find out that what he's doing is pretty freaking cool.
1: Yeah, most definitely, I agree with that.
0: So yeah, that, I, I never understood that either, basically, and then they um, they recruit this girl to be in the movie, uh, basically just to fridge her. Do you know what fridging is?
1: I don't know what that so
0: is. So this is a term that's come up, it happened in the latest Deadpool movie, supposedly, and it was this thing that came out of a Green Lantern comic where Hal Jordan came home from one of his space trips, basically, and his girlfriend had been killed and stuck in a fridge in his fridge so he went to go make himself a sandwich and boom girlfriend's head's in the fridge uh basically killing her is the only thing giving him motivation to stop the bad guy so they want to bring this girl in to do the same like they tell her straight up like we need you in this movie in order to give the the main character of our movie something to do like a reason to do what he's doing It's, it's frowned upon nowadays
1: well it sounds too like, easy it's
0: it's well yeah it's it's zero
1: character giving it it's
0: giving a bs explanation of why the the main character is doing something and it's taking any of the agency out of the female character and saying she's just there to die so the the male character has something to do and honestly the the movie itself super eight does that as well like the the character the main characters aren't going to do anything until she's kidnapped like they're just fine, like evacuating, doing everything else, and then she's kidnapped, and they go along. With, and And then they're like, "Oh shit, now we really need to go."
1: Yeah. Don't... Uh, bad news.
0: Yeah. So uh that it's it's frowned upon nowadays that doing that to female characters or love interests in any form. So I thought it was funny that it happened in this in this movie and in the movie within the movie.
1: <laughs> it's so meta. God, J.J. Yeah. Abrams, you fuck.
0: A funny thing happened though. Like when they first recruited her, she was the one driving them out to the uh, where they were shooting, and like she pulls up and sees the kid and the main kid. His dad's like the the town deputy or whatever, because they're in a small town in Ohio, I want to say. Uh, yeah. I, I guess Ohio. it doesn't really matter.
1: Lillian, Ohio.
0: Yeah. So she she pulls up and she's like, "Oh shit, no! I don't have a license. I can't drive him." I'm like, "Okay, first of all, he's already seen you." Second of all, he's not just going to go tell his dad that you drove him. Like, he knows that's illegal. Like, kids make the silliest jumps in logic of, like, oh, because this kid's here, I can't do anything.
1: Right, and then they do shit like set the car on fire. Like, oh, he couldn't even know I was here.
0: They do much less stuff. Yeah, they do much worse stuff. Did you ever, as, like, a kid, did you have any of those, like, irrational thoughts of, like, how you thought laws and rules worked?
1: Uh, yeah. I had several. Um. Yeah, I, can't re- I know I did. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head.
0: I always thought, like, stores' inventory systems were a lot smarter than they actually are. Like, if... Like, I, I didn't shoplift or steal anything ever, but, like, if you were to steal something, they would know exactly what you stole, and they'd be able to track it down and everything like that. And it's like, well, no, most stores probably wouldn't know and barely even know if you'd walk out of it. And Or, like, if you did the... Uh, like swapping price tags on something like somebody would know that they have an extra one of these and one less of one of these, but like nobody would ever know that. Like no stores other than like probably super corporate stores, target Walmart, like these really huge stores that have a big corporate upline. Like they probably have sophisticated inventory systems, but no one else really does.
1: Yeah. And honestly, for me, it was something as simple as I always felt like someone was watching. Like I felt like the right, right, cops, right everywhere. Yeah. So I mean, I remember one time I was going through Meyer with my dad and I mm-hmm. stopped in the toy aisle to look at some cards. Some Yu Gi Oh cards, I want to say, or Pokemon, and there was just someone had ripped open like twelve packs of cards. So there's yep. just shit everywhere. Tons of free cards and and I'm just standing there like, Damn, I see this holographic card I really want, but I can't so I'll get arrested. I'll go yeah. to jail.
0: Yeah, yeah. Same thing like I'm just going to grab this. I'll put it in my pocket while I walk over to show my mom. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't put it in my pocket. They'll know. Like, then they'll they'll think I'm stealing it before I stole it. Like, minority report shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Kids have funny logic, I'll tell you that much. Yeah,
0: they definitely do. Uh, hit us on Twitter if you had any, like, weird kid logic that you thought you were breaking laws when nobody would know the difference. That I always get a kick out of that. So, they, yeah, they go out to film their movie, and they just happen upon a train passing by, and the the fat kid, who's the director, really annoying fat kid, but did a great job. Yeah, that's like he I, he was supposed to be annoying, I think.
1: I mean, I feel like that's another trope they put in movies: is the fat kid's annoying, or yeah. like a loner, or just super sad, and just something.
0: Yeah, so they as they're filming the train, they witness the train wreck and get it all on film. And from this train wreck, we get, you know, a couple lingering questions for the rest of the movie. What was on the train? Uh, Why was it sad? Because somebody drove onto the track specifically to crash it. So why was it sabotaged? And what are these little cubes that they end up finding on the train?
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of weird shit that happened. I mean, it was a weird series of events, yeah. and the way they kind of hyped it up in the moment, it's like, okay, here's the climax of the movie. And
0: Well, and then, yeah, and then we've got kind of like the next hour of the movie is pretty boring. We've got you know the military government cover up. The kids it's are standard
1: shit. It's yeah. standard shit.
0: The kids are trying to like a little bit trying to figure it out, but a little bit not because um. The, the bio teacher, who's a doctor and for some reason working as a middle school biology teacher, um, he he kind of warns them, like, don't say anything to anyone. They'll kill you. They'll kill your families, blah, blah, blah. So, like, they have these kind of half conversations and then halfway through each conversation, they're like, well, no, we don't want to talk about it because, you know, we're afraid for our families. So it, it was just a lot of them treading water until the girl got kidnapped and they needed to actually do something.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I feel like those kids would have told, like, first thing, this crazy shit they had. Mom, Mom, you can't, you would never believe Especially this. that fat kid. You think that fat
0: kid kept his mouth shut for more than 10 seconds about this thing?
1: Hell no. And no. especially after an adult was like, hey, man, you know, might if you say some shit, you might get killed. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but even in the 1970s, Stranger Danger was a thing. And if your teacher was like, hey, you might get killed if you tell people about this shit, I would go straight to my dad and be like, hey, dad. Uh, Especially if that? he's with the
0: police force. But yeah. yeah, so we get we get a kind of military government cover up going on. The the local police force is kind of trying to push back against them. There's some missing dogs in there. A couple missing people. Uh, a lot like of the missing that...
1: electronics and stuff.
0: Too? Yep. Yep. I think so. Missing or malfunctioning or both? Both. Both. OK.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And everyone's pretty quick to blame the Russians. You know, it's got to be the Russians. The Russians are doing this. Because in the the
1: 70s, why wouldn't you? Dude, my dad still blames the Russians for shit. It's ridiculous. And he says the Ruskies. (laughs) Well, the Ruskies are listening. And my dad's a smart guy. (laughs) So, I mean, I think it's hilarious that they threw this. this I mean, the the
0: Ruskies are responsible for some things these days, too, though.
1: Well. Got to watch out for that Putin. Yeah, no shit. Putin's a fucking scumbag.
0: Hey, now. Don't get us taken off the air.
1: I would like to see them try.
0: I don't think we're in Russia. I don't just think anyone's America. listening in Russia. So.
1: Yep. Well, if anyone in Russia is listening and they just heard us say this, we're sorry if you get sent to the Gulag. Yeah. RB. Not
0: not our fault. You shouldn't be listening to things you're not supposed to. <laughs> uh, so we find out the girl, her name's Alice. Uh, her father caused the accident uh, that Joe, the main, char- the main boy character's uh, mother, died in. He caused that accident. But he didn't really cause it. He just called in to work sick and she covered his shift. So like how is that his fault?
1: That is not his fault in reality. Uh yeah. I mean it's just purely an accident. Like I can get animosity.
0: him blaming himself a little bit. But like okay, maybe she didn't know how to do the job, so then why was she doing that job that the accident occurred if she's covering for him or like he's the He's the senior man on that. Like, I, I, I get kind of these leaps and bounds that can be made. But at the same time, like, accidents are accidents. And, like, just because somebody didn't show up for work doesn't mean the person who did show up is there. If he had shown up, that doesn't mean he would have died in the same situation. Like, it was an accident. Was I don't know why the accident. rest of the. T- I, I can see why he blames himself a bit. I don't know why the rest of the town him. I
1: mean, would I would, yeah. yeah. A little bit. But I don't know. It's hard to say if I called off work, and but at the same time I'd be, I'd be looking at management like, yo, what the fuck? Why were they doing this gig? They weren't qualified for. What's up?
0: Exactly. Uh, so then the um the girl gets kidnapped by the monster, which is pretty pretty good scary monster, I'd have to say.
1: One of the better ones. Yeah, I, this I'm this kinda... was in the
0: time where everything like had the long spindly legs. It would usually have like four or five legs, kind of spider like. Yeah
1: looks a lot Tons like the cloverfield eyes.
0: monster yeah
1: yeah cloverfield monster was a good monster too
0: though mm-hmm. um so then these uh the the two boys are trying or the, the five boys i guess are trying to go find her and uh the fat kid and the main character kind of get in a fight because teenagers in movies always get mad at each other because they both like a girl or they don't like a girl or like whatever but they're always getting mad at each other over girls and like I never did this with my friends like we knew which girls we liked and all right that was that dude's girl we didn't go after her we went and found the next girl
1: or vice versa. It was a competition for sure it was always a healthy competition it was like right 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 if
0: if she wasn't already taken
1: exactly and and two guys like the same
0: girl then it was like okay yeah let's let's kind of duke it out a little bit. But, but it, if it was like, okay, you know, you've, you've kind of, and I'm not trying to take agency away from girls in this situation. Like I, I know they're their own people and they can make decisions based on who they like. Like just because I liked a girl didn't mean she liked me.
1: It, well, yeah, exactly. But that's like what we among have to do boys, is boys, that's really kind of like
0: what happens is like, you kind of talk to each other and are like, I think I'm going to go after this girl now. And, and they're like, oh no, I kind of liked her. And you're like, eh. no, I'm still going to go after her.
1: Exactly. And at the it same would never time... come
0: to this, like where you repress it and blow up at each other
1: about it. No, you, we, I've never fist fought any of my buddies over a female, but it was always like, Hey man, I've story for another day, (laughs) (laughs) but I've had plenty of females that are, you know, they're beautiful creatures. You're a teenage boy. Birds and the bees. Yeah. And it comes down to, Hey bro, you know, I think she's high. You think she's high. May the best man win. But the second there's a front runner, their second, like. The girl doesn't reciprocate yeah, move on. the feelings towards you. Exactly. You move the fuck on. And it's like, hey, bro, good luck to you. I mean, fist fighting is over some. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> Another trope. This movie is full yeah. of cliches. Yeah, it, God. it really. This was I think this
0: was J.J. Abrams first movie that he directed.
1: I'd be curious to know if that is true.
0: I'm going to have to look that up while we're talking. Uh, so it turns out the doctor who's a middle school teacher was part of the secret government cover up. Um, he actually Ooh. wanted to communicate with the monster. Um and the government didn't like that so they pushed him down to being a middle school teacher apparently. Good for good for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, another weird trope.
0: Yeah. The the monster can create this psychic connection uh just by touching. Um. So like what I don't get is the government tested with these blocks and everything and then didn't didn't make any progress. So like at some point somebody's telling you the monster wants his shit back. Like just give it to him i don't get why why you continue testing like what new test are you gonna do to figure it out at some point you got to cut your losses
1: because we're human beings dude <laughs> yeah and we and we stomp shit long after it's been stomped 500 different ways we're weird but yeah we're weird yeah it is another cliche oh my goodness that's
0: true we we just keep
1: hitting them i would love to have some leverage though over like an alien well i'm saying if you thing. if
0: you help him out maybe he maybe he'll throw you a bone here. Maybe he'll show you how to use the cool little blocks that build a
1: spaceship. Like they're Legos. Like that was a cool spaceship too. That was a cool spaceship and that was probably one of my favorite little things about it that it Mm -hmm. it could change its shape. Yeah. yeah. I mean that was really practical. Surprisingly practical. Honestly.
0: (laughs) Oh he had done Mission Impossible 3 before that. Oh he also directed an episode of The Office. Cocktails. Fun fact. Not
1: raking any bells.
0: Cocktails? The one where they go to David Wallace's house and uh have cocktails? Karen and Jim are dating. Um Karen keeps telling Jim that she dated everyone else at the party. Jim and David Wallace go out and uh, play basketball.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep.
0: Oh, he did a lot before this. He did mention impossible three star oh, the first Star Trek was even before this. Okay.
1: So he had plenty of time to work on his cliches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. just like it's like, dude, I'll fucking do it. He's talking to all his buddies, he's like, hey man, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. No, man, don't don't do it, JJ. I'm fucking doing it, bro. I'm making a movie with. I got every one cliche more cliche to put in. Don't and, worry. And everything.
0: Well, even the the ship and how it came together, like that was kind of a thing that went on. So this movie was made in 2011, and this was like this thing that kept happening in movies around that time was there would be all these little pieces that would come together to form this big thing. Like Big Hero Six, you have kind of the same thing. Uh, where they they developed this material, that's just a little thing, and like nanotechnology was becoming a cool thing. And so it was always like all these little things come to make one big thing. And so yeah, another cliche there. Poor JJ. Yeah, well, it's not his fault. And the kid gives up his mom lo- mom's locket at the end as the uh, alien flies off. Wait, why are you giving up that locket? Like that's your <laughs> connection to your mom. Why? Did, like you can just hold that. The ship will be gone in a minute.
1: I guess that's the last piece it needed apparently i, I guess just so. had to have that, that i mean there's a lot of other like metal around though i think that's a greedy alien that yeah. greedy pig what a jerk
0: um i mean that's pretty much the whole movie i i really liked it the first time i saw it i remember this time you know by the third time not so much you kind of pick up on all these cliches uh the kids all really did a good job though like it's hard when you have six or seven kid actors and they all did a pretty good job of what they were doing
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I'll say this for this movie: the first time through, if you if you don't have time to poke holes in it and you're just watching a movie, it's a good movie.
0: Yeah, when you're you're, watching it with like an analytical mind and like trying to break it down, then you kind of see these things that we pointed out.
1: Yeah, major things. But so just have fun fun if you're gonna watch it. Yeah, exactly. Look at it like we did in our past. episode we did for our random reviews a force of one it was just a fun romp um same kind of thing it's it's a fun little romp you'll watch it throw it on in the background and it's a good movie to have but it's not something i'm gonna watch 25 times
0: no it's it's definitely well made um but it's it's not a watch over and over again like i said i probably won't watch it again until my kids are old enough to watch it because i think they'd probably like it at that point but for right now, it is what it is, and it's going to stay where it is. Um, You got a rating for it? I'm going to give it a solid 7. Ooh, straight 7. I'll give it like a 7.6, because it is really well made, and I really remember enjoying it the first time. Uh, Just after rewatches and rewatches, it kind of wears a bit thin.
1: Yeah, I'm giving it the 7 for rewatchability factor. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I get that.
1: That's still, it's still a, a, a decent rating. I'll give it that.
0: All right, so that brings us to time to pick next month's movie. We're going back to straight random. This one was, you know, we fudged it a little bit and picked something that we knew we liked uh, or at least would enjoy watching. But this time we're going straight random. In the month of July, between 1975 and 2015, there were 505 movies released. So we go to our random number generator and we get number 205. Uh, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. 2006. Yeah, 2006 action adventure directed by Jeffrey Sachs. 5.1 on IMDb. 93 minutes. So at least it's not a long bad movie. Let's look it up. Stormbreaker.
1: I mean, that's the name of Thor's Hammer, bro. Yeah, it's got to be good, right? I'm there. It's Um, a a Marvel tie-in. You
0: might... Not be able. Yeah, this doesn't exist on IMDb, so we will not be watching that.
1: Dang. Okay.
0: Where'd it go? Why is it there? Jeffrey Sack. Let me just look him up and see if he exists.
1: Jeffrey
0: Sacks. He does Uh, not exist on IMDb. Awesome. So okay. I'd
1: love if that was like a porno or something.
0: (laughs) Stormbreaker. All right, we're going to delete that one off the list.
1: All right. Oh, I spelled
0: it wrong, that's why. There he is. Hold on, let me just see if I can look through his IMDb and find him. Or find this movie, 2006. Alex Ryder, Operation Stormbreaker. Okay, that's different. Just has a little bit different name. After the death of his uncle, the 14-year-old schoolboy is forced by Special Operations Division of the UK's Secret Intelligence into a mission which will save millions of lives. All right, now I want to watch this.
1: Yeah, that sounds dope. Let's do it.
0: It's called uh, so it's called Alex Ryder Operation Stormbreaker. So I just didn't have the full title there.
1: God damn it, Calvin.
0: Sorry, that's not my fault. It was the list I found. Uh, no one I know in it. Yeah, Ewan let's McGreg- do it. Oh, Ewan McGregor, Bill Nye. Okay. Heck
1: yeah. I'm always taking Mickey Rourke, Ewan.
0: Andy Serkis, Alicia Silverstone. Oh shit.
1: And it got a 5.1, that you said?
0: Yeah. This is those people in 2006 now. Alicia Silverstone was not popular for about eight years at that point.
1: Yeah. That's true. And Mickey Rourke, I mean, he's had like 38 yeah. plastic surgeries by that point.
0: Yeah. You McGregor should have been on the game, though. This will be interesting. I like that. I he was pr-
1: he's probably still recovering from uh, the Star Wars prequels.
0: I don't think there's anything to recover from there. Great movies. Oh, rated pg can't get it on dvd netflix that sucks
1: yeah I was, we'll have we'll have fun finding this finding, for you yeah. folks thank god for digital stuff
0: yeah hopefully it's it exists uh, all right well that's all we've got for today thank you for listening thank you for being a patron we love you guys yeah thanks uh thanks for stopping by